purchase cultist simulator and did not and so every time i went to my computer this whole weekend because it was it was available for free this weekend to try um i looked at it said oh yeah i should play that and then then i never did (laughs) it was available for free yeah all weekend long to demo yeah to demo yeah then they had it for they had it at 50 percent off so i guess yeah it was free to try and ten dollars to buy well, for me, point, I've I'll, uh, already gotten way more than my value out of it. I mean, for me, if it's a Steam game, $10 means that I don't ever have to play it and I'll get my value out of it, right? That's what I've told myself. I mean, I clearly have multiple games on my list that cost more than that that I never played. <laughs> okay, well, real quick. Um, so, stuff from Discount Games, Inc., uh, check out Warcaster Neo Mechanica. We have some Kickstarter listings live. Uh, those are going to be in short quantities, so so get your orders in on that. Uh, they won't have rebates, but we also have some listings up for normal retail stuff of uh, Warcaster, and really the only difference in those is the release dates. Um, and yeah, uh, check out Muse on Minis for awesome stuff. So what sort of things do you have on your new board game shelf in the store right now? Um, Am I putting you on the spot? Uh, I'm trying to think. There's there's a new expansion for um, both Dominion and Villainous. Dominion? Yeah. What year is it again? <laughs> <laughs> You're like the Robin Williams meme all of a sudden. <laughs> right. I'm like, is this 2007 again? What's... Listen, the people demand their Dominion, and who all am right. I to stand in their way? That's true. <laughs> Um, as far as other new stuff, I don't know. All right. Well, we're going to have to pull through in a regular segment of what's new in, in, uh, the board game RPG shelves at Gameopolis. I mean, discountgamesinc.com. But there are a lot of, uh, releases for like Star Wars Legion and, uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol that are scheduled for this month. So check those out. What is the newest re- release for Marvel Crisis Protocol? Upcoming or already released? Just just recently released. What's what's most recent release? Most it's recent stuff. I mean, after a gap of a month or two, was like Star Lord, Rocket, and Groot. Mm, wonderful. Then we're gonna <laughs> gonna have um, stuff like uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye, uh, Gamora, Nebula, uh, Drax and Ronan, uh, etc. Sweet. Uh, then there's the, I, I really like some of the Black Order models, and they're starting to come out this month as well. And so, uh, like the Black Dwarf, Ebony Maw, Corvus Glaive, Proxima of Midnight uh, are all r- scheduled for this month as well. Black Dwarf. How far out, how far out is uh, the Wasp oh. and um, Ant-Man? Because those look amazing. Uh, they don't have a release date yet. So, if I, if I had to make an educated guess, I would say August. Okay. But yeah, they do look pretty sweet, right? Yeah, 100%. Okay, so uh, in this it's episode, time for the we're, buffet. We're, we're going to talk about uh, some things where each of us are um, interested uh, in these items or love these items and realize that our co-host likely will not get a chance to uh, partake of them uh, anytime soon. And so it's going to be kind of like maybe an elevator pitch slash grading session on some stuff that that we're excited about. Who wants to start? Uh, I think you should start, Trevor, because an elevator pitch is a much better name for this than my idea, <laughs> which will remain nameless. Okay. Except so, for if you remember the brigade, then we'll reveal we'll reveal the uh, <laughs> we'll reveal my idea. <laughs> okay. So. Um, the game that I think this is something that if Josh hasn't already played, he probably will purchase it shortly after we're done recording. Um, the the well, game I'm going to talk about is Steam, Steam up right now. Well, you don't want it on Steam, and I'll tell you why. So the game that I'm going to pitch is is called Gang Beasts. It is by Double Fine Productions, so a, a name that you may or may not know, um, yeah, but yeah. They're, they're fairly common. And um, Gang Beasts is a, I'm going to quote exactly what they call it. Gang Beasts is a silly multiplayer party game 
with surly, gelatinous characters, brutal slapstick fight sequences, and absurd hazardous environments set in the mean streets of Beef City. So, this is a fighting game. Did, did an AI write that? Uh, probably, yeah. This is like, this is like, I forced an AI to read the, uh, the jacket cover for a thousand games, and then this, this is the jacket <laughs> cover it produced. All right. Okay. So imagine that your character, this is a fighting game, much like, um, uh, Smash Brothers Smash or... Smash Brothers, yeah. Except for, there's no real powers like Smash Brothers. The, the, the controls are much simpler than Smash Brothers. Um, so it works a little bit better as a party game because if that one person in the corner has never played it before, they can get in and at least have fun, even though they'll probably still get beat up just as badly. Um, anyway, so in this game, you play what I would like to call a, the, those inflatable punching bags you used to have as a kid. You know, they're, they're just a, a tall, kind of wobbly balloon with a weight in the bottom of them. Okay. That's kind of what your character is, but you have arms and legs. So you're kind of walking wobbly around and you try to, and, and the two trigger buttons are your two hands. And one of the other buttons is like a headbutt. And then another button is like pick up. And basically that's all the controls. And so you're like, you throw your hands out in kind of this like balloony punches and you headbutt people and you try to knock them out. And anytime you get knocked out, you're down for, I don't know, two or three seconds, but you can hit the jump key to try to get up quicker, sort of like in punch out. Um, Anyway, these it's just these crazy environments. Like one of them is there's these barrels that are rolling into this fire, and you're trying to pick all the other opponents up and throw them into the fire. Um, <laughs> it's you can pl- I have it on Xbox Live, so we okay. play on the Xbox, but it is available on literally every platform that I can think of. I think um, it's on it's on Steam, it's on Xbox Live, it's on PS4. Um, I don't know if it's on the Switch. It may not be on the Switch, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it was on the Switch soon. It's listed as 10 and up as the rating because of the uh, quote mild cartoon violence. Um but honestly, I I mean, I have no qualms about my 8-year-old playing it at all. Um in fact, he loves it. It's his favorite game right now. He plays it online with other people and loves to pick them up and throw them into the fire. Um so anyway, what am I teaching them? I don't know. But <laughs> Anyway, Gang Beast, uh, is, it is, I don't think that we've sat down as a family and laughed quite as much as we have the last couple of weeks, weeks playing Gang Beasts. You Did can you play say it. It goes up to eight players, Trevor? It does online. Oh, it will, oh, not, it okay. will not locally, which is a little bit of a disappointment. I'm not sure why it won't, because we it's have five. Locally con- four. You can do up to four locally. You can do four locally. I have five controllers for my Xbox, uh, Xbox One, and we play games five player. And I honestly, I mean, this clearly supports eight players. I don't understand why you can't play eight locally, but according to their site, you cannot. It does only four local. There's also um, a co-op mode where you can fight against waves of of opponents. Um, so anyway, so let's let's go through the categories. Do you guys have <laughs> any questions about the game? Before? I have I have one quick question before you hit the categories. All right. Have you played Stick Fight the game? Uh. No, but it is one of those. Um, it's one of those videos on YouTube that my old, my twelve-year-old uh, boy um, absolutely loves. Like he'll just sit and watch hours and hours of people playing stick fight on YouTube. That's funny. Okay, I just want. I thought it would be an interesting comparison because it feels uh, yeah, like there's a lot of similarities. I I have probably failed in my duties in not playing that one as well. Although, I feel like you probably took them to a more advanced environment than you know stick fight. Just looking at some of the pictures online, it clearly has like a little more graphic fidelity to it. Oh yeah, sure. It's it's incredibly fun to watch too. I mean, my wife will just sit there and watch my kid and just laugh because the funniest things will happen. Um, but anyway, um, and uh, one that's similar if you don't want to do the fighting thing, um, but you'd rather do a puzzly sort of thing. There's a there's a game called Human Fall Flat that has sort of the similar physics. Uh, but instead of fighting each other, you're attempting to solve puzzles. Um, I don't even think it's by the same company, it's just, but it has has some similarities to it. Yeah, it's not by it's by Curve Digital, so it's not even by the same group. But anyway, um, yeah. All right, give us the uh, design category. Okay, so the controls on this thing are a little clunky. I will admit that there's very few things that you think you can do until you play against somebody who's good, and then you're like, holy crap, how did he do that? Um, there's no 
quote-unquote throw. So instead, you grab someone with both hands, you hit the lift button, and then you walk towards the edge, and then you kind of have to, like, let go at the same time, and the inertia kind of throws them. There's no way to actually, like, move your hands back and throw them. The other one that's really odd is trying to climb anything. The way you have to climb something is you have to you, you put one hand up, and then you push up to pull yourself, and then you put the other hand, and you have to let go of the first hand and push up. And it's like you're doing the actual mechanics of climbing, except for it never seems to work well. So generally the way that I see most people climb is they just hold up, and then they slam the buttons left and right trying to get the guy to actually climb, and it doesn't ever seem to work well. However, that said, the game is fun. Like, there's there's so much about it that being able to, like, the funniest thing you'll ever see when you watch people play, especially online, is that after they do something really silly or funny, they'll hit both the arm buttons and push up at the same time, and it throws the, the character's arms up in the air like Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so amazing. It's just funny. I don't know why, why I find it so humorous. but So the controls are easy to pick up at the core. You can hand it to somebody and say, this one's your left hand, this one's your right hand, this one's a headbutt. Uh, this is jump, go, and you hand him a controller, and then everyone just goes at each other. And and the most silly things happen, like, because you'll grab onto somebody, and as long as you don't let go of the paddle, the hand, it'll continue holding onto them. So sometimes they'll pick you up with two hands, you'll grab them with one, they'll try to throw you over the edge, and when they let go, you're still holding onto them. Just stuff like that. It, the, the design is fun at its core. The the different colors that you can be and the different outfits you can put on each character are fun. The idea is not new, um, but it is a new take on something that is instantly, instantly recognizable. Like the elevator pitch is simple. It's easy. I can I can understand what I'm supposed to do in the game quickly just by seeing it in 30 seconds. So I think that's smart. Could the controls um, have been improved? I think so. I think the, the climbing okay. control especially is there's a lot of times where there's one level where there's four train cars and you all start on top of the back train car and the train cars start dropping off fairly quickly as soon as the game begins and there's no railing or anything and so as soon as the fight begins you start getting knocked off and a lot of time you can quickly grab the edge of the train car but truthfully you're already gone unless you're really good at climbing you can't get back and it just feels like it would make it for a more interesting funner game if the, the other stuff I don't mind but the climb mechanic, I wish the controls on climbing just worked a little bit better. But I will say that one of the funniest things we ever had is the, in that on that level, back at the top of the train cars, one, three, two, one, go. And uh, my youngest, uh, or excuse me, my the, the my autistic boy who's 12 was standing across from my daughter who loses almost every time. She just doesn't she doesn't get this game. Whatever she enjoys it, but she's not very good at it. The game starts on one. She hits headbutt hits him and flings him off the edge of the train instantly as soon as the game starts. And we just rolled over laughing for the next 15 minutes. So uh, I think the controls could be improved. I'm going to give this game uh, just kind of design aspect. I mean, I'm going to take into consideration cost because it's a $19 game. and I think we bought it on sale for 10. Um, so it's not like you're putting in a big investment. I think this is above average and I, I do recommend it. So I'm going to give it a seven in design. Wow. Okay. What did you say? A seven? A seven, yeah. Okay. Time management? So the games go quickly. Um, You can jump in and jump out as you wish. Um, I think that that sometimes it can can go on a little bit longer than you want it to. If two players, like, basically, if you ever watched a boxing match where they always go in and immediately clinch, and they just clinch the entire round, and all you're doing is watching them clinch... There are times during Game Beast where it feels like that's all that's going on is two people basically playing tug of war, just, you know, and everyone else is knocked out. So there is some downtime, sort of like a kind of, you know, what we consider a mediocre or bad board game mechanic where a player gets knocked out and they have to rest, watch the rest of the game. That does happen in Game Beast from time to time. But overall, the game, games are quick enough that I don't know that it's a big problem, but it is a little bit of a problem, but I don't know how you'd fix that. It's a fighting game. I mean, the same thing happens in, you know, Smash Brothers. Um, but I, I, you know, I think that it's above average, certainly because of the time limit. You know, you can sit down and play a game in, in two, three minutes easily and play four or five games in half hour, no problem. Um, I, I mean, I'm mean, again, I'm going to say this is above average. I'm, I'm not going to say that it's great with on the time management thing because um, it does feel like it can 
overstay its welcome on some rounds. Um, so anyway, I'll give it a seven there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Repeatability. So this is where it's going to suffer a little bit because truthfully, it's at its core, the only difference between one fight and the next fight are the different play modes. Uh, the only thing to give it is repeatability. The mechanics are the same every single time. And there's no story. There's no, there's nothing that's going to engage you in any way. It's, it's just a pure, let's get in and play a silly fighting game. Um, that said, we've replayed this game way more than other games that I've paid way more for. So with price in mind, the repeatability is pretty decent. Um, but eventually this is one of those games where you'll play it for a few weeks. You'll get your 10 bucks out of it or your 20 bucks out of it. And then you may not play it ever again. However, it's, it's a great party game as well. So if you have friends that come over and you're like, Hey, let's play a game. Like, let's play some gang beasts. What's that? Here, take this controller. (laughs) You don't even have to explain the controls. They'll figure it out on their own. It doesn't take that long. Um, so with that in mind, I think, I think that it's decent. I'm going to give it a six on replayability, maybe a five. It's, it's fairly average. I mean, you're going to replay it because of the, the game short, but it's not something that you're going to, you're not going to go 20 years later and be like, man, you know what? That Gang Beast was amazing. Let's go back and replay that. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Okay. But if, but in 20 years, will you be playing Gang Beasts, uh, five or let's see, how uh, many super, how many super smash brothers are we up to? <laughs> I, I could easily see that being the case. I mean, they could add new levels that would be very fun. The level, design is quite interesting like one of the one of the levels is um you're actually on a high-rise um billboard you're just trying to throw people off that you're all standing on the edge of the billboard and you're trying to throw each other off and you can climb up the billboard and it has pieces of it that fall off and and it's actually it's way funner than it sounds one of them is because you're in beef city there's one where you're in a, like a meat packing plant and there's beef falling from the ceiling and it hits these trap doors if you get caught on one of the trap doors you get fallen through and just all these things that in the game as far as level design that are way interesting and i think there's a lot of areas where they can expand upon that and also um like i said they can improve the controls a little bit um, but overall i think that it's certainly i i would not be shocked to see gang beast 2 at least um on the horizon especially because um while you may or may not have heard of this it's actually been out for a while this came out three years ago okay so Gang Beast 2 may even be coming out later, you know, this year. Who knows? Uh, all right, fun. <laughs> um, this game's a blast. I, I mean, it's one of those games where you're not going to sit down and play it for three or four hours. You'll probably sit down and play it for an hour, and you'll have you'll side-splitting laughter from seeing things. I mean, yesterday I was watching my boy, my eight-year-old boy. He had a uh, a barrel with um, flammable liquid in it in one hand. And he was spinning around as fast as he could, like just with the arm at full length and the barrel, so that if anybody got near him, he would knock them out with the barrel. Like just crazy stuff like that would happen all the time. And just sitting watching it, even not playing it, but playing it as well, the laughs come constantly. The game's amazing fun. Um, I'm going to give it a 10. This is why I wanted to talk about it, because the game's... The game is a blast. You know, again, it's not something you're going to be playing again in a month. I mean, truthfully, we'll play this for three or four weeks. And, you know, we maybe three or four months down the road, we'll play it again. And it's a fun for that little short time. But it does, doesn't have the strong sit down and replay this over and over again like Civ does. Sure. The depth isn't there, I guess, is maybe the problem. Yeah, no staying power. Well, okay, all, get... all, all the characters, there's no powers like you have in Smash. Right. So not, right. you, mm. you know, you may change your color, you may change your outfit, but your character has the exact same buttons as the next guy. There's nothing to learn from changing characters. Okay, give us your overall, Trevor. Um, so overall, I'm going to give it a seven. It was a like this is one of those things where my boys like, can I buy a new game? And I'm like, uh, you know, money's <laughs> like, tight. Tie- uh, right. Is it a Roblox game? Because no. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I mean, what have you done to earn this, you know? And the funny thing <laughs> what is... What have you done for me lately? Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, is um, we spend a lot of time trying to positively reinforce our middle child. He has autism. He has a lot of struggles. We spend a lot of time working with him. And so he gets rewards um, for doing things that my little youngest sees as being something he does every day. And it gets difficult when you're like, here, you know, middle child, have something wonderful for doing something 
that everybody should be doing, but that's what we want him to do. And then telling the youngest, yeah, you don't get it because you're normal. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's not that's not exactly fair. So anyway, I broke down, and he the game he, the, the the game he wanted was Gangbies, and so uh, I bought it for him, and it turned out being way better than what I thought it was going to be. We've played a ton of it. We definitely got our money's value out of it. Um, I don't regret it in any way. So, um, but uh, again, it's not going to be. You're not ten years down the road. You're going to be. Oh, remember that game, Gang Beasts? You know, you're not going to be doing that. But I'm still going to give it a seven. I think this is an above-average game, and I think it's well worth looking at, especially if you're the type of person like me who has, who needs a party game for three or four kids to play together. Yeah. This is, this works just like um, Minecraft does. I can hand it to the kids. They'll play it for an hour and just have a laugh. Uh, do you need to go any further on audience for this one? It, I feel like you have uh, told us the audience tale in the elevator pitch. Well, sure. And I, I'll just mention that it is rated everyone 10 plus. I don't know why everyone is 10 plus. I mean, doesn't everyone include younger kids? No. No? Oh, people right. only Maybe. become people once they're 10 years old. Before that, they're just <laughs> little monsters. Um, there's some truth to that. Uh, however, I do think that this is... I don't have any qualms with this, even at a younger age, because it is such silly, slapstick, cartoony. I mean, this is, I know some people are going to bite me for this, but it's just as innocent as Looney Tunes. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't see, I don't see any harm in it. Um, so I would definitely recommend this for anyone, and especially for those that are trying to find a game where multiple people can play. Is this for the gamer guy who's looking for the next Assassin's Creed? No, it's not. Is this for the group, you know, that gets together on Thursday nights and plays video games together to play party games? Absolutely it is. <laughs> Basically, as, as near as I can tell, what you're saying is that uh, the audience is, can you feel joy in your heart? And <laughs> if yes, you're the audience. And so this will make an I easy transition me. to go or no-go. I'm obviously a no-go on this. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is one of those games where I feel like I could feel comfortable. I realize that not everybody would have as much fun, but I would not have any qualms about handing the controller to anyone, including my father, which is a pretty low bar. Like he's, this is not games of any kind like this. This is not his thing. But I think he could pick this up, at least have fun. He would, he would laugh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just loving the idea that Jay is a no-go on this. <laughs> Does this surprise you at all? No, 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 no it's just. I like to be reminded of reality sometimes. <laughs> uh, Josh. Real quick. Go ahead, Jay. Uh, no, I, we can uh, finish this. Josh, I, I assume you are, are clearly, clearly going to be a go on this? Yeah, easy. I can easily see uh, my clan getting into this. <laughs> I wish there were more couch co-op in the world still. Like you know, one of my just... One of my great disappointments of the past few years is that I, like, was super excited to buy Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, and there's there's really no way to play it um, couch co-op wise. You, 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 you got to have an online player. connection. Yeah, you can play two player, but I, but yes, I guess and you have to have an online connection for even for that. You have to have yeah, an that's connection. right. And both people have to have an Xbox Live account. And then I even went so far with that one as to I like I got a second um, Xbox. Just in the hopes that, like, my boys and I would be able to play it. And, and, and that, it was just a aggravating experience. Probably because I'm an old man, but, like, joining up together online. Uh, it's far more difficult than it should be. Yes, that's exactly what it was. And I'm like, forget this. And so if it doesn't have local co-op, I'm not interested these days. My my boys, my two boys play a lot of Plants vs. Zombie. Um, now they're playing the new one, Battle for the Neighborhood. Okay. Um, they play a lot of it. They they really love it. But truthfully, yes, it is somewhat challenging um, if you wanted to do any more than that. And even that can sometimes cause issues. Um, so, for example, um, it's rated, I think it's rated teen, maybe. And so their Xbox Live accounts won't work on it. Oh, right. Or the, the let, let me rephrase this. It's, it's actually rated 10, everyone, but the online features are rated teen. And so they're, they're, family accounts have their age in them it will not let them play online so in order to play together because they're playing quote unquote online with two different accounts even though they're playing locally 
they have to use mine and my wife's account. It's just it's it's incredibly frustrating just navigating that sort of stuff sometimes. Agreed. And the older I get, the worse it gets. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of funny to me how uh like basically anti-technology you are sometimes, Josh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm ashamed of it. Like I want how, my how past self this? to travel into the future to meet me just so he can weep hot tears. <laughs> because like 25-year-old me would judge current me so harshly. <laughs> it's the circle of life, Josh. Uh, you're probably right. All right, well, I can go next. So I'm going to do the Interdependency Trilogy from John Scalzi. Uh, this Is this trilogy, his newest? Yes, it's newest. Uh, this trilogy just recently, the, the last book of it, released. It is now finished. Um, I'm in the middle of reading it. That uh, the last book or the, the last trilogy? book? Yeah, yeah, oh, the okay. last book. Um, well, good. You'll you'll be able to grade it and and pitch right as well, I guess, with me. Um, he's he said that he currently doesn't have any plans to write more in this setting, um, and that it's basically going to be fan fiction <laughs> from from here on out. But you know, who knows? Um, Kind of the, the quick premise of, um, this trilogy is that man, man, life started on Earth, uh, they traveled out to the stars and then had kind of, uh, the, the method that the, um, ruling faster, class faster than light travel occurs is called traveling through the flow and, and they kind of describe it as, uh, Entering into a current of a river, and uh, then you go super fast. Um, and so they, the interdependency is the the name of their, I guess, um, system of governance. Um, there's there's a basically a set of um, planets that are the interdependency. I I can't remember how many it was. It's maybe like forty or fifty planets. Do you remember, Josh? I don't remember the numbers. That's yeah, I don't, a, yeah, that's I don't a know what question. it says, actually. Just, um, so let's say, let us say dozens. I mean, there sure. are billions of humans living scattered through, you know, dozens of planets and or... Well, it's not even planets all the time, is it? Yeah, most actually, it's only one planet, and the vast majority of humanity lives in habitats in space. Like space stations, essentially? Yes. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so there's... There's kind of three um, aspects of the the government, and when they when they they created the government, um, this it's, it's been this form of government for centuries. Okay, and so basically society is established on three things. First one is the church. Uh, the second one is the um, kind of corporate families that have monopolies on different parts of commerce um for example one of the one of the main characters um of in the story her uh, family owns the commerce monopoly on citrus fruit um and so they're the only ones who are or or allowed to grow or sell citrus fruit and then the the final one is the legislature and then finally uh kind of over top of it all is the emperor or the gender neutral word for emperor. Um, so the, the main character of the story is a woman who she was, um, her, her brother that basically the, the, the story starts with her ascending, her father dying, her ascending to become emperor. And she had been kind of unexpected that she was going to become emperor because her brother uh, was expected all along to that he was going to ascend, but he just recently died unexpectedly. And so it's basically picks up the story of her uh, becoming emperor and then finding out that the flow, which uh, you unites the, the empire um, is collapsing and, that the empire is going to collapse and that 
basically at this point, uh, she's, she's one of the only people who, who knows this. And so she has to prepare the empire for this collapse and, uh, make ready for that. Um, so I guess, Josh, what are, what would you say I'm, I'm missing of the, the broad strokes of the setup of, of this story? Oh, I think you've got the, well, the one thing I was going to say is like, Part of the way that the monopoly is enforced, that all the different guilds' monopolies uh, are enforced, I should say, is um, like, like for example, the citrus, like stuff is basically genetically engineered to not be, not able to be um, planted and grown, and like you have to buy the branded citrus, you know, or or it basically will not be usable. Yeah, and I guess the other part that's uh, that I should say with it is that um, their society was kind of specifically so, and some of this she doesn't realize or know until a little bit later in the story or um, it's et cetera kind of, but basically this, the society is very, uh, the reason why it's called the interdependency is because it was consciously created to be, um, kind of interdependent on each other. Oh, that's and, right, because that was going to keep wars and stuff sort of down, right? Right, and and make it so so that basically people are reliant on having this emperor who uh, has the monopoly on making weapons or you know etc. and and it was it was basically some some social engineering that at the start when they formed this government that, that they believed would make society more stable. Um, but she, the, the emperor, uh, is kind of confronted with this conundrum of, you know, we're not going to have faster than light travel on the one hand, and we are dependent on all of us, um, relying on each other. And what, what happens when we're suddenly cut off from each other or, uh, things like that. So that's, that's kind of a, another, interesting aspect of it there's also like you know how do i convince people that this this thing that i'm warning you is going to be really bad and we have to prepare for uh how how do i convince you that you should do this and and there's people who are who see that as an opportunity of i'm, I'm going to do near term near-term profiteering or there's people who are saying like you know this is you're your science is all made up and this isn't actually going to happen. We've been living like this for ages. We're going to be fine. Um, which again, we're fine here. We're all fine. How are you? Yeah. Like, like much of science, uh, although, uh, it's, it's easy to forget because John Scalzi is, is someone who does a writing style. That's, that's very quick, very easy, etc. Um, it's easy to forget sometimes that he is a science fiction writer and he does kind of explore some of the social commentary aspects of things as well. Yeah, that's very it's, true. It's just entertaining while you're you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, I credit that to dialogue. Sure, yeah, yeah. That All right, is... you got the broad strokes. Do you want to grade this thing, Jay? Yeah, let's let's dive in. You can you can give your numbers too, Josh. Sounds good. So design. I have to admit to being a Scalzi fanboy out of the gate. Yes. Um, so again, let's, let's maybe review what, what would, what would we say when talking about a book? What are the aspects do you, of, do you feel design? like the plot and the setting are believable? Yeah, I do. Cause the setting you're describing to me does not sound believable to me. Well, I think that's mainly evidence that Jay and I should not write. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, because it, I feel like it is presented pretty coherently. And as a matter of fact, I feel like the story in general is pretty, um, internally consistent, right? Like, I, which and, I think is probably of, part of design it's also too. a little bit more, I, I, we didn't really get into this, but it's, it's something that's maybe interesting or helps explain things a little bit. So the, um, the emperor is the, the only person who has this, but when they become emperor, they have, uh, a modification made to their brain where a chip or whatever, something is inserted in there. And then all of their memories are recorded. And when they die, it's kind of uploaded into this 
computer system. And so then Jay the, won't understand this, but I'm going to say it for Trevor and basically every other living human being who has ever enjoyed something good in their life. The the <laughs> Emperor basically becomes the Avatar and has access to all the past oh, Avatars. All the previous memories. Correct. Uh, yeah, you they're, get they're able to go to a room too. and basically have a conversation with the past emperor, emperors. Okay. And so when when she ascends, what you basically as you as the reader, you are um, part of the reason why it it kind of um, is a little bit more believable. Um, is first when you start reading it, it's you're reading like, okay, this is how society is and this is how it operates, but then you start peeling back the onion or she, she becomes emperor when she starts talking with some of the past emperors and they tell her, this is what we did. This is why we, why we did it. set up society this way. Um, and, and when you're initially like, I've, I've read lots of science fiction that has lots of societies, a lot of different ways. Right. Um, and so when you're first presented with, okay, this is how this society works. And then when you move on from there, uh, and it starts digging into like, this is why they did it or what they, how they tried to make it work, et cetera. It, it, it is, I think, uh, fairly believable. Um, so with design, what would you, what, again, what would we say are, are good or bad elements of designing a book? Oh uh, yeah. Writing style, world building, um, characters, dialogue, and for me, special mention to fight scenes. Uh, pacing, uh, believable characters, believable plot, um, good plot. Plot holes. <laughs> yeah, plot holes. Um, so this is, this is again where I will confess to being, and, and I'll, I'll grade this to, um, I'll, I'll be doing this for the whole trilogy. Um, but like Josh, I'm a Scalzi fanboy. He's my favorite author. For the second book, I went down to, he, he did a book tour, went to Salt Lake City. I went down there and, attended the event with my cousin and, and had a really fun time. Which is uh, why you know how to pronounce Empero, I'm presuming. Uh, uh, he's also talked about it on uh, his tweets and blog, I believe. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so uh, design, I'm going to, I'm going to give a nine. It's, it's basically given my taste uh, exactly what I'm looking for. Josh. Uh, I I always feel bad that I disappoint Jay so much. And it, <laughs> I understand that you don't want to have nice things or joy in your life, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Here is the problem. Uh, this might be my least favorite Scalzi series so far. That doesn't surprise me too much. Um, because... When we get the audience. I'll, oh, I'll okay. All right. Well, there you go. That may be why. Um. But I do think that Old Man's War is comparable in some of those issues, right? Not he 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 dials his amp goes to eleven on 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 this one with in that. Yeah. Wait, so, sorry, with what? What you guys are talking in basically words we're dancing around it. Sure, uh, yeah. I mean, Captain America does not like some of the language and uh, behaviors. Behaviors, sure. Okay. Some of the characters. Okay. I think, yeah, I mean, Jay's right. He knows me better than I know myself. So, <laughs> uh, so maybe that is what bothers me a little bit about it. Um, I, I like the thing is, is like, it's fantastic dialogue. I can't remember if is all Scalzi dialogue just always fantastic. It's pretty good. And old. I, I have not read that much Scalzi. The only thing I've read is basically all the books from the old man's war. And I, I devoured them quite quickly. Um, and a big part of it is because he paces well and he has great dialogue. I mean, you, you, the, the dialogue, even the inner dialogue that you get from the main characters in Old Man's War is just fantastic. So having said all that, uh, Jay's convinced me to overlook some of my own failings and I will say that it should be an eight. I wanted to give it a seven just to hurt, just to hurt. <laughs> I'm glad I could, uh, creep you up, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So next we have. Time management. Um, I mean, really, for me, this is a ten. Um, the 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 pacing is fast. Um, you can read through the book quickly, and you are engaged the entire time. Um, honestly, I I think I'm not going to argue with you on this one category, Jay. 
Because, yeah, I just feel like I can blitz through a read of, and, and again, that's a scalzy thing too, but I, I, you know, I blitz through a read of this book, of these books. Honestly, like I, some, some writers need to learn to not love the sound of their own voice as much as they do. Like they just need to write at a little bit brisker pace and make things move to the next page. And that may be something that Scalzi just does well. Like he just cuts through the chaff a lot. Yeah. I, I think so. Uh, repeatability. Um, I'll go with an eight. I've, I think I've read the, basically when each book came out, um, I, so when book two came out, I reread book one. And when book three came out, I reread book one and two. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and admit that I should, I'm going to just take back my fanboy card because I basically pale in comparison to Jay as a <laughs> fanboy. Uh, for me, it's, it's a five. It's like, and we've talked it's before honestly, how I am with books. Like I would, I would probably say even lower for you, Josh. I mean, if you're going to, if you want to reread and have a Scalzi experience, I don't see you being drawn to this one as much. That is true. Like I would definitely reread Old Man's War, even Red Shirts, and probably even Lock In before I would pick this one back up. Which is not to say that uh, there aren't some characters that I delighted in, and you know there are some um, parts and pieces of the book that I really enjoyed. But you're you're probably right. It probably is more like a four. Uh, so fun. Um, uh, I, I've I've been debating between a nine or ten. Um, I'll, <laughs> I'll probably go up to ten just because, uh, as a depraved You're human. Just trying being, to offset my numbers. Is that what's happening here? <laughs> no, like so as a as a depraved human being who, uh, you know, the 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 things that uh, make Josh uncomfortable uh, <laughs> kind of delight me. <laughs> and so, uh, someone swearing up a storm. Uh, in creative ways amuses me so <laughs> uh so some i'm sorry you went with a 10 yeah uh i'm gonna go with an eight because the, here's the funny thing the the characters that are not delighting jay i find uh very uh endearing right uh and uh, like what example would you give like the emperor herself and um yeah, I, I still like her I, and mars right but i'm saying like we all know that you like kiva Way more than I do, but even I will admit that, like, I'm giggling the whole time I'm reading Kiva, sure, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also, like, looking over my shoulder for someone to come judge me. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't be looking over your shoulder, Josh, and be in the mirror. There's a mirror behind me, I guess. <laughs> All right, so, overall. Ah, uh, see, I, here, here I feel like I end up wanting to grade this on a, on a curve almost, because, because other Scalzi works of uh, fiction exist. Okay, how about you grade on the curve within the sci-fi genre? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, mm, no, I think you should grade it against other sci against other Scalzi works. Would you Would you put this above or below Old Man's War, etc.? Right. Yeah. No, that's I mean, what I'm saying. I mean, I said it at the, at the front. I think it's probably my least favorite Scalzi works. Um. Like the only thing close to it might be lock in. And I like, again, I like all these things. Like you are asking me to grade different flavors of pizza. Yeah. I want to put them all in my mouth. Right. So, um, yeah. So I don't, I feel like overall I'm probably going to give this a six. Okay. I'm surprised you're that low actually. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with a nine. Um, I will say so, uh, compared to his, is this um, your favorite of his series? I'm, I'm actually, that's what I was going to go into. So, um, I do like it more than Lock-In. Um, I do, there are, so within the Old Man War series, I feel like the peaks of the Old Man War series are, are higher than this. Um, but especially like towards some of the, the, the later books, um, I, I felt like because when he did Old Man's War, he, didn't write it with like a overarching picture from the start of this is what this complete storyline is going to be. Um, I felt, I feel like the series suffers from that a little bit in some parts. Um, but, but I, but again, I, I do think that the peaks of that story are higher than, uh, than in this one, but in those, those books that are the peaks, I would, I would do as a 10 for myself. So I feel fine with the time. 
Uh, for I'm the not audience, sure I, I'm not sure I got the final answer though. Is this, is this your favorite then? No, no. Okay. So what is your favorite then? Is it Old Man's uh, War? Yeah, probably. Uh, okay. I mean, certain. Yeah, I mean, the, the start of the Old Man Man's War series. Okay. You know, first two or three books of it. Sure. If, if I if I compared the first three books of Old Man's War to this trilogy, uh, I would likely pick Old Man's War above this. Yes. Okay. Um. So for audience, um, it does have a fair bit of swearing in it, and it does have. It doesn't give like. It's not uh, graphic. Like, it doesn't give graphic. It, sexual... it just definitely acknowledges the existence of sexual relations between. Yeah, there's there is there are characters who enjoy sex and freely talk about the fact that they enjoy sex. Just so, like they do in Old Man. Uh, even a little bit more so. Yeah, okay. yeah, I would say most of them. For as an example, um, there's a scene where um, one of the characters is having sex. Someone walks in on her, and she keeps having the conversation <laughs> while that's <laughs> going on. <laughs> that's how you know it's fiction, Trevor. Yeah, that seems pretty fictional. I, I'm going to, to lower my. I don't have a grade on design, but I'm lowering my. <laughs> <laughs> for being just. Too unbelievable. <laughs> uh, the the thing is, is like honestly, it's 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 kind of a very very sex positive series, I think. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the Captain America in me is still sort of like, I don't know about that. I mean, who's the person that stay, stays in the room is just saying, oh, sorry, and walks out. <laughs> it's so. I think the, does the character yeah, insist on them staying? It's a subordinate, yeah. So yeah. a subordinate like walks in the room, is like, oh, I have this piece of news, and she's like, she says that she has to, they have to deliver the news. So. Uh, mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> when my eight-year-old comes in and says he's delivering the news, I tell him to come back later. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm even more uncomfortable. So, Josh, what's, what's your... Uh, What's your audience opinion on it? Oh, I mean, honestly, so like, I would give this the same audience as I would a Dresden Files book. That's fine. Yeah. Like, you know, upper, upper teen, um, it would be okay, but you uh, could ruin the experience for them by telling them like, you're going to read some things in this book and remember that your mom and dad are like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they'd be like, you know what? I don't really want to read it. Thanks. I just, yeah, that's that's exactly what would happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I so I assume you're a go, Josh. I am a go still, absolutely, yeah. Okay, it, I am it's hard for me to say no go to a Scalzi. Uh, did that's... I did I sufficiently turn you off on <laughs> the trilogy, Trevor? Um, uh, not necessarily, but well, my Trevor, question: you, Did you like Old Man's War? Oh, I loved all of Man's War. If you I like all of books. People like the Interdependency series. I, I still believe. Uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if I enjoyed it. I don't know that it... The problem is, is it has to get to the top of my pile first. Right. So so the, my question to you guys is, do you think I should move it to the top of my pile? And that would mean that it gets put in front of other things. And truthfully, that's pretty. That's a pretty hard sell for me. Um, I do... I, I absolutely love Old Man's War. In fact, I... If my list, if you told me you should go back to your list and move Old Man's War to the top as a reread, I would probably do it. I, I really, I mean, right now, especially the first two books, I right. really enjoyed those two. Yeah, right. Right now, you're rereading uh, Dresden Files in preparation for the new books, which uh, I don't know that there's a higher priority in your life. So, right. so continue on. <laughs> right. Yeah. We shouldn't <laughs> discourage good works. I, I think that's a pretty good a, a pretty good yardstick though. If you say, "Hey, you enjoyed the old, you enjoyed Old Man's War, why don't you try some more Scalzi?" I don't think that's necessarily a bad recommend, you know, to tell somebody. But I I can you know I I would fully recommend Old Man's War to anybody who hasn't read Scalzi as an intro to him. And yeah. then if you if you enjoy that, continue on. You know, I haven't read yeah. any of the other ones, but I I've I've read enough of his style to know what I'm going to find when I open one of his books. Yeah. Right. All right, well, stay tuned to our bonus episode. Josh, do you want to preview which item you're going to be grading for us? Uh, come with me and enjoy the madness caused by recency bias. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I, I can't, I'm just, I'm going to be talking about Cultist Simulator, so awesome. there you have it. Good, good. 
All right, and we'll have uh, another topic as well for you to enjoy, so stay tuned. <laughs>